Welcome back, Boo Crew. We're your hosts, Bree and Katie. Each week on Baking with Boo's, two best friends get together to talk about a few of the things they love the most, food and the paranormal. From folklore to cryptids and even fang body parts, we cover all things to chill and thrill you. So grab a blanket and a snack as we share with you what we dug up. Welcome back, everybody, to episode three of season two of Baking with Booze. Bree, what's going on? So, I remember that I hadn't told you guys about... We we all know how Katie and I have upset tummies. Mm-hmm. And I forgot to tell you that I got a diagnosis. Um, yeah, fucking finally. It's been four years. Um, so I have actually been diagnosed with fatty liver disease. Um, it's not in the bad stages yet. So I just have to watch more what I eat. Um, red meat is out the window. I'm watching more of my sugar intake. I'm supposed to be exercising more. But unfortunately... Fortunately, I have anxiety over my heart rate being up. So me and my therapist are working on this thing. Um, truly, honestly, like if you guys have any suggestions for such a thing, uh, don't be afraid to reach out to, you know, our show page because I would love to hear. Um, even like going up and down the stairs can set me off sometimes if I perceive that my heart is going too fast. Um, when I was first diagnosed with panic disorder, I was so bad that I thought that if I was behind a closed door, not even a locked one, just a closed one, that I would have a heart attack and pass out and no one would know and I'd die. Um, so after I had my very first panic attack, I immediately went and bought bare aspirin um, and kept it into my house for two years afterward. Um, I couldn't even be behind a closed door for six months. Um, and then I couldn't be behind a locked door for a year and a half. Um, so that's a big deal for me and I am walking. Um, I do do a little bit of yoga. Um, so I'm trying to fill my cup that way. I love being out of nature. So that's kind of a win-win. I feel more soothed and I'm still getting some exercise. I cannot run on a treadmill. That will set off my panic every time because I get vertigo when I'm having a panic um, attack. Uh, so walking on a treadmill will set off my vertigo. It's a why I'm fucked up, guys. Okay. If you didn't know. Let, let's just call a spade a spade. Um, so if you have any suggestions, I would love to hear them. I might use them, you know. Uh, you, you just never know what somebody's idea might lead to. Um, but yeah, I forgot to tell you guys that I have a diagnosis of fatty liver disease. Um, I was also very low on a couple vitamins, um, vitamin D as anybody in the North is very low on. Um, also as an American, you're very low on it. Literally just go get checked if you can, if you can afford the blood work. And it will help you feel better. Um, I was also very low in folate. So I take a daily supplement for that. And I have noticed a difference. It makes me feel better. Um, it helps my mental health. Um, I've noticed a difference. I still have bad days. Everybody does. But um, overall, it makes me feel better. Um, so if you're thinking, 
you know, that something's off with your body. Maybe just even get your vitamins and minerals checked. I guarantee that there's something off. And when this episode comes out, my oldest son will have stopped uh, one of his appliances for his uh, orthodontist. Um, He had a crooked tooth that was like, so his canine was actually behind one of his front teeth. Um, So he got an appliance to fix that. It is now where it should be, which is awesome. But now he has to start expanders, which means that he is going to be essentially getting his skull cranked apart to make room because he has an extremely narrow palate. So he will be getting that on top and bottom. I don't know if we're doing this at the same time or at different times. I don't know how that works. All I know is that uh, he's going to, I'm going to be cranking his head apart with an Allen wrench. Creepy. Yeah. Fun times. Well, okay. But, so, send him good thoughts and feelings. He's not necessarily scared, but he's trying to put on a brave face now. I'm pretty sure that he'll be more scared later. And also pray for me because I have to pay for it out of pocket because insurance doesn't cover it. Welcome to America. Welcome to America, the home of the indebted. Yep. God, we could go on about that, but let's not. Let's just scoot that soapbox that right back where she goes. How about you? What is the app? Not much. Not shit. No. Just, I've reached a little bit of a break in (coughs) scheduling, like, different things after this weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really have any commitments coming up for, like, a month. (laughs) So, that's great. Um, I have been having my own belly issues slash doctor battles. Um, I am on all the proper medicines I need to be on now. Um, you suggested using a probiotic. Yes. Fucking fantastic. My digestional, digestive system has never felt so happy. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) Digestible system. (laughs) (laughs) My digestional system has never felt better. Good. I'm glad that it's helping. Yes. But that being said, I do still have an appointment with a nutritionist next week and an appointment with a gastroenterologist in June. Good. I think on your son's birthday. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's what I'm looking at. But so far, like ever since I started taking that probiotic, things have improved massively. Good. So I'm hoping I just needed some good probiotics and health. Gut flora. Gut flora. Yeah. Yeah. That's really it with me. Well, I'm glad that it's working. I know that we've talked about it, but I haven't heard in a bit, like, any update on how it's been going. So I'm glad to hear that it's better. Fantastic. Good. Yes. I I shall have to let my mom know that you're enjoying the same one that she's on. Yes, very much so. So, um, you have the recipe. I do. What did you make? So we kind of did a combination of Katie's bread from last week, her cauliflower, cauliflower. Now who's fucking up? I didn't even do anything to cause me to be fucking up. It's a contact. 
Mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> but anywho, um, yeah, so we used her cauliflower bread and made open-faced sandwiches with smashed tomatoes and vegan bacon. Because neither one of us should be eating red meat anymore. Correct. Tummies do not like it. Bodies do not enjoy it. Yes. So, I decided to make vegan bacon. Yes. Um, that is the portion of that that I focused on because smashed tomatoes are pretty easy. You just roast them with seasonings. Uh, that's, I did those for 20 minutes at 375 Fahrenheit in the oven. They really could have used a little bit longer. I wanted them to have a, a little bit of a char to them. Um, they needed more time. But we were in a hurry. So we wanted to get to recording. So I was like, well, we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I focused on the vegan bacon as the portion where I'll tell you the recipe. So when you go to the show notes, it's going to tell you vegan tofu bacon. Allow me to regale you with a story here. (laughs) So I went to a local chain of ours, a grocery store, and uh, literally only old and rich people shop here. Let's get one thing straight. So one package of extra firm tofu, they wanted $4 for there. And I'm like, I know that I can go to the local co-op and get it for less. So I'm like, okay, we're gonna leave the tofu here, get everything else that I needed because my introverted self did not want to people that day and this store is way smaller than like going up to the north end and going into the big box stores. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Uh, so I went to the co-op and they were out of tofu. Well, fuck. I've seen carrot bacon, so I'm like, cool, there's usually carrots here. I'll grab some carrots. Twas no carrots. So I ended up with parsnips. Which were actually pretty tasty. Yeah, which were actually really good. They're very similar to carrots in taste and texture. Um, You can also turn them into like a mashed potato sort of situation. They're a good substitute for that too. Just so you know. Um, But so the recipe calls for tofu. I did obviously not use that. But the rest of the seasonings I did use exactly how they said to put it in there. So half a cup of soy sauce, quarter cup of water, two tablespoons tomato paste. I omitted that because I wasn't getting into the can. We've been having can opener problems at my house. We have gone through two. Same. I know. I make Nate open the stuff now. I finally found one that works, but I was just too lazy to get into the can. Uh, So Drew Barrymore's line at Walmart. Mm. Very good. Ten bucks for this can opener. And if you've been in lately to try and get a can opener, you can't find one for less than fucking $15. But hers is very good. I really like it. Uh, where was I at? Two tablespoons Worcestershire sister sauce. Uh-huh. Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire sister sauce. <laughs> I love how this will forever be what it is, and then we have to clarify. It'll just be what comes natural when we talk about it. Unfortunately. <laughs> Thank you, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Knives, for ruining that for me. <laughs> Two tablespoons maple syrup. 
one tablespoon liquid smoke, an eighth of a tablespoon of pepper. Again, just measure that shit with your heart. Uh, an eighth of a tablespoon or an eighth of a teaspoon is not enough, like not worth bringing out any sort of measurement for. Mm-hmm. In my humble opinion. So that mix, you're going to whisk it up in a bowl and dump it on top of whatever vegetable or vegetable product you're using as your bacon. I used one of those very thin uh, peelers, like the ones that, um, I can't remember what they're called now, but um, so it's really wide and it makes thin strips. Like a Y peeler? Yeah, it's a Y peeler. So I used one of those. And just made very thin strips, so that way they would bake really nice. And they would absorb the flavors really well. So you're going to want to leave it to marinate for an hour. It's not very long, um, and it will pick up all the flavors, which is nice. Mm -hmm. It says it will do that with tofu, too. I'm a little skeptical at an hour of marinating for that, but with the vegetables, totally fine. Uh, So then you're going to end up putting it in the oven at 375 Fahrenheit for, I ended up doing, I think 20 minutes, no, 25 minutes is what I ended up with uh, to make it more of a crispy bacon. They said that if you're doing tofu in this recipe that you're gonna wanna put it in the oven for 15 minutes and then you wanna fry it in the pan and I'm like, that's a whole lot of work. If you really want crispy bacon, it's worth it, but I did not care. Okay. It was tasty. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think that the only thing that I would change, I didn't use soy sauce, I used tamari sauce, and I I mean, a half a cup's a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have done a lot less because it was a little too salty um it was fine with like the bread and the the tomatoes and whatnot like it wasn't bad but if you had any on its own it was pretty overpowering like it was whoo salty Mm -hmm. so if you're looking just to like make it with breakfast or something or you want to put make like a vegan blt i would definitely suggest toning down the soy or tamari sauce even if it's only like you do like a quarter cup and then some change, like just a couple little dashes after that. But I just, yeah. Katie said that she thought it was a little much and I agree with her. <laughs> it, t- it just tasted like a, a, a version of like a really salty barbecue chip. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was really just the salt. Other than that, it was actually quite tasty. Yeah. I was really impressed because it had <laughs> that, like, I bought a, did I get I got the hickory version of the liquid smoke. Mm-hmm. They also had a mesquite version, but I went with the hickory because I was going for bacon, right? I was kind of surprised at how closely it mimicked the taste of bacon. It was just a little too salty. Comparison is the thief of joy. I don't know. I'd be kind of okay with that. Like, as far as that versus bacon, Yeah. I'm down with that. I, I could I could deal with that for sure. Anything else for your recipe? No, that was really it. Those were my thoughts and feelings in my recipe. Okay. You have them all now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you have them all. 
All right, well, for the story portion of this, we're going to go back to Hollywood because, I don't know, I was just on one. I found this good website with a bunch of areas around Hollywood. I can't believe I never even thought to look, mm-hmm. like, specifically for that before. So we are going to talk about the hauntings surrounding Charlie Chaplin. Oh, who, if you don't know who Charlie Chaplin is, uh, he was a silent film actor in the early 1900s. Um, now, I have read reports that it seems like almost every building that Charlie had some business in always ended up being haunted, which is why I'm calling this the hauntings surrounding him. Charlie he, Chaplin's haunted. Yeah, Charlie Chaplin is haunted AF. And I'm about to tell you how. So, uh, from property he owned and rented out to the studio he worked in, to his own home, he experienced different things, or people experienced different things linked to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm going to start with two smaller experiences that were said to have happened. And then for the last bit, I'm going to read uh, a little story from uh, a Californian resident who apparently was just fascinated with everything Charlie Chaplin. Mm. Um, who was a skeptic and now feels slightly differently about things. So we are first going to talk about the motion picture studio, which is called Charlie Chaplin Studios slash Jim Henson Studio. Uh, It was built in 1917 by Charlie Chaplin and now operates as the Jim Henson Studio, which if you don't know, Jim Henson is the, is he a puppeteer? Or did he just create? No, he's a puppeteer, and then he created his own puppets. Okay. So he's a puppeteer and the creator of uh, some of his own, like the Muppets and Kermit and Miss Piggy. Mm-hmm. Or the ones in Labyrinth. Yes, or that. So that's who Jim Henson is. Yes. Um, so rumored to be haunted, the site has been featured on an episode of TV's Ghost Hunters, which was in season three. I didn't get the exact episode, but it was in season three. Um, Paranormal reports here include an operation that has been spotted... Operation? That's not the right word. It's been spotted on the roof wearing a top hat and coat and a woman's form has appeared... Apparition that has been spotted on the roof wearing a top hat and coat, and a woman's form has appeared walking through a door. A ghostly man with a handlebar mustache has been spotted on the soundstage where there are also voices heard from the catwalk. Um, Apparently, while the ghost hunters were there, they also captured EVPs and whispers. Now let's talk about Charlie Chaplin's mansion. So apparently after Chaplin sold his mansion, another family bought it and moved in. And the father ended up um, taking the life of his mother, his wife, and his children. Um, An apparition of the murderer's mother and the sounds of children screaming have been reported here, as well as unexplained apparitions of wild animals such as a lion. Oh. Right? Now, here's the last bit. Um, I found this on yourghoststories.com, and it's titled Chaplin's Ghost by the Sea. Um, It was written by someone named Professor Charles, who is a middle-aged adult living in California, and the date it was published or posted was on March 28th, 2011. So you can either go to the link 
uh, looked in the show notes for that or just do your own Google search based off what I told you. Mm-hmm. So this is more or less word for word what Prince Charles has to say. I never believed in the paranormal until I moved to Southern California two years ago and I heard the following story for the first time. Now I am the world's biggest skeptic, so I quickly dismissed it. However, some unexplainable curiosity kept drawing me back to it. I teach a psychology course at a local college. For fun, I gave my students an assignment to research what I had thought to be nothing more than an urban legend. What my students came up with left me dumbfounded. Not only did the story turn out to be legitimate, but there was more to it than I had originally thought, so I had to see it for myself. I went to the Santa Monica Library where they have an amazing archive of publications dating back to the early 20th century. To my surprise, there was ample information about the death and it did finally put my skepticism to rest on the events that took place. There was, however, still the matter of getting testimonials of the actual residents in the building and that that turned out to be the easy part of my research. When I visited the building, I found the residents to be very friendly and very willing to talk about their encounters with the ghosts. It was almost as if they were relieved to finally have somebody to listen to and believe them. So without further ado, here is the story. Charlie Chaplin used to own several of the large buildings that sat near and along the famous Venice Beach boardwalk in Los Angeles. Back in the day, these buildings were commonly used as bathhouses and lodging for well-to-do vacationers Um, Today, these buildings have been converted to apartment buildings and are occupied by local artists, musicians, and other creative types that now inhabit Venice Beach. Incidentally, these buildings cradle around the famous 26 Westminster Avenue. It has been documented in print as well as Chaplin's films that during, during the early 1900s, he did much of his filming in and around these properties on Westminster Avenue. In 1915, during the filming of By the Sea, Chaplin's body double mysteriously disappeared from the film set. Production was put on hold for three days and a full-on manhunt was instated. After turning up empty, oh, sorry, after turning up empty-handed, it was assumed that the longtime friend of Chaplin's must have quit and left on his own recognizance. The studio that was financially backing the film was losing money, and so under haste, Chaplin was forced to replace his body double and continue production on the film. On the seventh day after the disappearance, Chaplin returned to his dressing room after a day of shooting. His dressing room was located in the basement of the now famous Building 26 Westminster Ave. It is documented that Chaplin, while accompanied by an entourage, entered the room to discover his body double and longtime friend lying dead on the floor arms and feet bound, soaking wet, and tangled in seaweed. Well, that turned quickly. (laughs) The man appeared to have been deceased for several days. How he ended up on the floor of Chaplin's dressing room after missing for almost an entire week is still to this day a complete mystery. The now inhabitants of the famous building claim to hear strange noises emanating from the walls that sound like somebody walking through shallow water. Hmm. Others have heard distant cries for help, and in addition to the assortment of disturbing sounds, there have been several sightings of what appears to be a man, bound by the hands and feet, standing in luminous corners of the large building. But quite possibly the most blood-curdling detail of all of these sightings 
is what the man is seen wearing. He's dressed the same way he was on the day that he disappeared in a chaplain-esque tuxedo coat with tails and the proverbial black derby hat. Hmm. And that is the haunting surrounding Charlie Chaplin. Charlie haunted his book. He's haunted AF, like I said. It's interesting that it's replaying and that the guy, like his body double or whatever, is still dressed how he died. Yeah. Unfortunate, but like... Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting that it seems more of a loop rather than an intelligent ghost, you know? Yeah. And I, this is, I, I just thought it was so interesting because there are so many stories around Hollywood, which mm-hmm. makes sense if I stop and think about it, but I just didn't realize that there were so many, like, supposedly haunted areas, buildings in, over there. Honestly, I wouldn't have thought about it until you said something like that makes a lot of sense and it's a lot of people from like different walks of life and different you know regions just kind of all coalescing in one area so yeah that makes complete sense trying to like start something big with their lives do yeah. something big keep, so, yeah. keep big energy <laughs> you got big dig energy yeah yeah so anyway that was my story well thank you uh-huh is there anything else that you would like to add um, I just want to remind everybody that we still have the World Central Kitchen charity going on on Facebook. Um, if you haven't heard the last two weeks, if you're new, um, it's a charity that provides food and hot meals to those in crisis. And right now that's the Ukraine. So we are hoping to find, we're, we're trying to do our part. Uh, to make sure that we are helping the people in Ukraine. you I don't believe that there's a minimum amount that you have to hit to be able to donate. So donate what you can, if you can. If you can't, please go ahead and share so that way we can give them more money to be able to help. Reach as many people as possible. Yes. Yes. So we will have that pinned on our Facebook page and our social medias. Yes. Um, Other than that, uh, we hope you all enjoyed the episode, that you have a fantastic week ahead, and we will catch you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.